Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Jonah and Ben Play Board Games with Friends. I'm Ben, joined by my co-host, Jonah. Hello, everyone. And we are joined today by our good friend, Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello, and I'm joined here today by my hosts, (laughs) Jonah and Ben. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So, Nick, how are you? What's been going on? Good, good. Just got back from furniture shopping. And uh, pretty pumped. Not gonna lie, sat on some. What couches, were you getting? Oh, couch. Looking at couches, dining chairs. Lazy boys. We got we got some maybes, which is you know pretty good as far as furniture shopping goes. Is that a brand? No, <laughs> no, just uh, some potentials, some things we liked that were in our price range, because nice. most of the stuff we like is way beyond our price range. So that's how it usually goes. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> and ben oh yeah sure uh well uh today was spent uh visiting a foster family Uh, my girlfriend has adopted a puppy as of today that could have been Um, a child for a second it could have been but it was a puppy Uh, his name is bentley he is apparently a chewini uh a dachshund chihuahua mix um we can't really tell, to be honest. That's what they're saying. Um, it doesn't 100% look Chihuahua-y, but it has that dachshund look. Um, he's very cute. So he is now home um, Forever. with Ashley, and I am here recording a podcast with you guys. But other than that, I mean, the past week's just been work. Um, I went into New York City for work on Thursday, had the most horrendous and terrifying car ride of my life were you Uh, driving or no no i don't drive in new york city i refuse why Um, it's fun no it's not lanes white knuckle driving for the entire time you're there lanes don't exist i don't trust people in the city and uh my coworker who is driving me is just proof of why i don't want to drive in new york city you're not angry Uh, enough ben that's your problem no that's not my problem i promise you that is not my problem um he's a very angry person in a car i've seen yeah well when we were especially if there are cyclists nearby well i was just getting there jonah um the location that we parked in or that i parked in um was like a park that I guess people hike in and all that stuff. Um, but people were biking. It was early morning. So I was, first off, my day started. Let me just rant for a second. My day started, and Jonah, this this means nothing to you because to you, uh, getting somewhere at 7.45 is like getting there at noon. So, my day started at 10 a.m. and oh boy, was it rough. Yeah, whatever. So I was told to get there at 7.45. At 8.05, I get a text saying, Please send me your coordinates so that I can meet you. So it's already 15 minutes after I was told to get there. Then he shows up 20 minutes after that. So I'm sitting in the parking lot of this random park that I've never been to, hoping that I don't get my car towed at some point throughout the day because I'm worried about that. Uh, And I'm sitting there for like 40 minutes. And then he shows up. And as we're driving out, there are bicyclists uh, because I guess people go for their early morning rides. The worst. And... They are biking. The The speed limit out of the park is 35. They're biking at probably 10 miles an hour side by side in the road. Were they two abreast or three? Uh, I believe it was three. Uh, you might have but, a case then. Well, I don't care if I have a case or not. Don't ride abreast and not let me beyond your uh, bikes. 
I was going to go with, never mind. All I know was we were trying to get into the city. We were in a rush. My coworker was driving like a psychopath and these bikers were in the way. And I was surprised to hear when I said, wish these guys would get out of the road that he said, well, technically they have the right of way on the road. And I was like, are you kidding me? You showed up 30 minute, 35 plus minutes late and you're rushing out of this park that is very scenic at a high rate of speed. And you're going to argue that the bikers should be in the road in front of you. He I thought it was just calm, cool and collected. Oh, meanwhile, he in told... your head, you're saying, mow him down. Yeah. Well, no, because as I said before in last episode, I believe, or two episodes ago, I said, I can hurt you, but I won't. So, you know, I I'm don't worry, I'm good. But I thought it was funny that you mentioned cyclists and, but yeah, it was just kind of a nightmare of a day on Thursday. So yeah, that was fun. That was my week. I didn't really, I don't think I did much else, to be honest. I watched some new D&D group uh, play on YouTube that I'd never heard of. My coworker recommended to me. Um, have you guys heard of Dimension 20? Never. No? I don't exist in that realm, so no. That's okay. Well, <laughs> Nick, if you're looking for a lot of entertainment, because Jonah, I don't know how much D&D entertains you anymore anyway. Um, Dimension 20 is like another D&D group. It's from like the college humor guys, I guess, mm-hmm. and girls, because there are women who are playing as well. Um, and they're the one I'm sh- I'm watching now is called Fantasy High. It's like they're in high school. It's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. It's like this super homebrew campaign. It's really entertaining. So I recommend uh, giving it a shot if you're just like kind of looking for tabletop role playing entertainment to watch. Are Jake and Amir in it? No, no, they are not. Did you know that I know Jake and his little brother? Really? Yeah, he, his little brother went to school with us in oh. the universities. Wow. His name is? We can't out them. Jake Jr. There ah. it is. His brother is his junior. I get it. Mm-hmm. Jonah, tell us. About your week. <laughs> oh, well, thank you both for asking. <laughs> uh played a lot of games yeah i know i got pictures and i'm super jealous went to some meetups and uh played some games with some people uh actually we went to one meetup and the other two gaming sessions were at private abodes but i played not one not two i'll stop there eight games this past week that's a lot of games outrageous it is and i am going to Hold some of them for next week. I thought you were going to say for applause. No, no, no. None of that. Um, But I am going to talk briefly about some of them now. Okay. Uh, So, first off, we have Regicide. Regicide is a two-player game that uses a standard deck of cards, except the game costs $15 because it's a fancy deck of cards. So this is really up your alley, Ben. Wait, time out really quick. So I can use the random decks of cards that I've been collecting with no use for for the last six months, and I can yeah. actually play a game? Yes, they finally them? have purpose. Yes. Can I mean, you, you know, there are also me... like another thousand games you can play with a standard deck of cards. I know that, but okay, I'm going to look this one up because I've been looking for games to play, and none of the ones that I found sound, to be honest, all that entertaining to me yet. So. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Regicide is this neat two-player game where you are working together to kill the royalty, hence Regicide, of course. 
and the royalty stack is just jacks through kings and jacks have oh, i should have written this down jacks have i believe 15 health and 10 attack no 10 attack and 15 health queens have 20 attack and 40 health anyway what matters is you're trying to kill the royals and you can attack with the other cards that you draw so you'll have a hand of cards I believe seven cards, and you have the different suits in your hand. The diamonds let you draw cards. The hearts let you heal and reshuffle the discard pile into the deck. The clubs do double damage, and the spades act as shields. So whenever it's your turn, you play a card, and it attacks the royalty. So if you play an eight of diamonds, it does eight attack toward the royalty, and you draw eight cards combined. So you just take turns drawing cards until you have drawn eight cards, but you have to stop if you hit your hand limit. Uh, and then, you know, if you play a six of clubs, that would do 12 damage, because six of clubs gets doubled, because it's in the club suit. Uh, but then there's the interesting wrinkle that you can't use matching suit cards against the royals. So if there's a jack of clubs, then the club cards are no longer doubled. If you're going against a queen of spades, you no longer have any defense. And every time you attack the royal, you know, you just play a card to attack it, it attacks back with its full strength. So if you or your partner had played a spade, it's great to defend yourself, but if you have not, then the way you lose health is by discarding cards from your hand that equal that number or higher. So there is an interesting decision that you have to make with what cards you play and what cards you hold on to for defense purposes. And if you ever can't defend yourself enough, you just die and lose. So you really have to be ready to take the hits. If you do exact damage to the royal, it goes to the top of the draw deck, so then you get this really powerful card to use. And if you don't do exact damage, it goes to the bottom of the deck. So you'll get to it eventually, but you don't have this uh, converted royal right away. Uh, what I have heard about the game from another review is that it's very difficult and uh, hard to beat. Is this true? Yes, it was definitely tough. We had some rules, you know, figuring outs when we started. But once we got it under control, we almost won. I think we did a half cheat once. But we got there and it was definitely tough. The defense that you have to mount is really hard. So, you know, when the King of Spades comes out, it does tons of damage to you, and you cannot protect yourself with any of the spade cards. So, yeah, it's tough. It's interesting. Uh, ben, I say give it a go with one of your 20 decks of cards. I will I will definitely give it a go. I'm also looking at the Kickstarter page because it's, it was a Kickstarter, apparently. Um, I, do, I do like the card art. I think it's fun. Yeah, I agree. The card art was nice. But it's it neat. also works so, with any other deck of cards. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, you know, just seeing that it's... Seventeen dollars on on Kickstarter. There's no, I mean, there's no reason to buy it. I'm just saying the card art is really nice, so you know it's cool. 
but uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It uh, <clears throat> it seemed, or in my mind, I pictured it like somewhat similar to Hanabi, just like single deck of cards. You have to like it's a like fairly different system that you have to get your head around, and then once you get to like the understanding of the game, it seemed like it was uh, an interesting. Yeah, use of cards, but also, like, perhaps it was somewhat dependent on the cards you drew, like, randomness kind of decides. But, I mean, as long as it's a quick enough game, like, similar to Hanabi, I, I don't really mind randomness. Yeah, it was cool. There was another really neat part of it where you can play multiple cards as long as they sum up. To, well, you can play multiple cards that are the same number as long as they sum up to 10 or fewer 10 or less i don't know um and they will do their powers for their combined strength so if you play a three of hearts with a three of diamonds with a three of clubs then you get the club power on a nine so you do 18 damage and you heal for nine and whichever the other one i said was happens for nine as well cool neato and that yes. was just one of many games you played. That was just one of many, but uh, I'll throw it over to one of you for now. How about you, Nick? I know you've been going to the sweet meetups. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about my game I played at the most recent meetup later because it's a bit of a uh, it's a longish story. But go ahead. Ben. Can can we just leave the game that we all played together for me because it's the only one that I played? <laughs> yeah yeah sure. Oh, was uh, that this week? I forgot already. Yes. But yeah, this. Since going to meetups, I'll talk about games that I've played over the last two weeks. Uh, but it's just been the era of playing games that are okay that I don't really like that much, but other people want to play, and so I just agreed to play them, and my experiences have been kind of meh. But there have been a few hits, and they've been the lighter ones, which I didn't think I really liked. Yeah lighter board games i thought i was like a mid mid uh midweight board game euro kind of guy uh but the two i've really enjoyed were uh king domino which i totally oh. thought i wouldn't like it just you've never seemed... played king domino before no no and it was surprisingly well it was puzzly but it was i i don't know i think it was just because i was playing with other people who were like, we were just talking the whole time, and so it required a very minor amount of brain power, and then we could still just chat. But uh, Yeah, it's a cool yeah. little game. I think it won the Spiel de Yares a few so, years ago. So that's, that's how it's pronounced? Because I've been looking at it, and I'm always like, is it King Domino or King Domino? Because it's... Looks like a little kingdom. <laughs> Why would you it's definitely that? King Domino. <laughs> well, because it, kingdom, and there's a little castle on. King- isn't there? What a would you call the sequel? Oh. Would you call it Queen Domino or Queen Domino? Queen Domino. <laughs> it's Italian. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a queendom. <laughs> is that a thing? Is a queendom? I'm pretty, a, I'm, it must I'm be. pretty sure it's... England is a queendom. <laughs> oh. Or is that a monarchy? Does it, Queendom is, there... is a TV show. Yeah, that's the first thing that pops up. But also, queen, queendom is when all power is concentrated in a central female figure. A there monarchy ruled by a strong queen is a queendom. 
A strong right. queen. What about the one ruled by a weak queen? Uh, so that was good. And the other one, cat, cat, uh, cat lady. <laughs> That's, uh, Is that, did you have a, a hairball? Yeah. Very thematic. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional joke. Um, but that one is a, it's a drafting game for up to four people, I think. And it's a three by three grid. You draft a column or row and you get the three cards in that column or row and you add it to your display or hand and you're basically just making sets of cats or like cat toys or there's like cat boxes that you need to fill with certain cats or you need to fill cats with food and blah 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 and it's fill cats uh, with food not you gotta fill cats. them with <laughs> you gotta fill them with the food come on and uh yeah another game that was like pretty light but quick and the decisions were interesting enough that it like yeah it was pretty good that only like new different interesting thing about it is that there's like uh score tiles that you place in between yourself and both people on either side and like everybody has one in between them and someone on the other side and then you can like score these goals as a team so if like both people you get like four yellow cats then both people get uh you know three points or whatever so it's a yeah little interesting extra thing just to make the decisions a little more interesting uh that yeah it was just just thinky enough uh for for it to stimulate me so pretty good awesome and then the other games that you've played that you said have been okay are they games that were new to you or games that you already knew you thought were okay but played to play they were all games that i've heard of and knew I probably wouldn't like them very much and I was correct and they were Search for Planet X uh, Reavers of Midgard um, Nanty Narking which is a uh, Martin I Wallace. have that I want to play it it was very okay it was okay. I think it's the kind of thing where if you understand the system and like can kind of guess because it like everybody has a secret role and secret yep. victory conditions whatever but yeah it seems like it could be a yeah a good game if you play yeah I'm, wa- I'm waffling on on selling or not but i want to obviously play it before i sell but um yeah i've had it and have it, what, i was going to have it brought to like a game day and then COVID hit and then game days kind of stopped and then i haven't played it so it's very different so i yep. think just based on that it's definitely worth a play or two and then yeah. Finca, which actually was, now that I'm thinking about it a bit, yeah, I actually did like that one quite a bit. And it's just like a light medium Euro with a little rondelle. Is that deal. Finca, T-H-I, or Finca with an F? <laughs> Finca. F. Okay, just checking. I just wanted to make sure I got it. I'm from the Queendom of England. <laughs> it's pronounced <laughs> Finca. Is that good? <laughs> Is that, that was good? wonderful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was nice and light and quick Euro, just gathering resources 
with a kind of clever action selection mechanism type deal. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, my game this week was the only game I played this week. I played. With Should the we start cheerleading now? Ra. If you want to. Ra. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I um, wonder we, if we synced up. <laughs> um, we 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 played Ra. The three of us played Ra. Um, and Joan, I know you went over this game last week. Uh, the three of us. Ra... Yes. Don't forget about your best friend and gaming enemy. Oh, well, okay. Jake. Jake played with us as well. Jake is not my gaming enemy. I just think we have different tastes in games. And I, it's seemingly... Don't say different. Say opposite. Say what you mean. Okay, I'll say opposite because it seems like every single game that I've played with Jake, I have not enjoyed. And I don't think it's Jake's fault. I just think the games he likes are not the games I like, which is fine. But I didn't I didn't enjoy Raw. Um I the first so Ra time. is as the first time. The second time was a little bit better, but I still I I disliked it for a different reason the second game. Um or I would say half of the reasons why I disliked it the first game. So Ra is a as Jonah had said last week, it's a bidding game where you are essentially you're drawing a tile from a bag and it'll either force you to start an auction or it'll add to these tokens at the bottom track of the board that are worth certain things at the end of each round. There are three rounds in the game. And if you choose to call an auction, you can, you know, say, instead of being forced into it, you could say, I'm calling an auction. And then people start bidding for the tiles that are at the bottom that you've been pulling out of the bag, as well as the numbered tile that's in the center of the board which is also the previous winning bid. Um, Now, where this game kind of falls flat for me is if you are, if you are the person who calls for a bid willingly and nobody bids, you are forced to make a bid. So this is where the game turns into a, what Jonah has called in the past, a pass the buck style game where you are kind of able to pass multiple times and just let other people do things similar to the King is dead, which um, I played this week, which Jonah played this week. I actually enjoyed the King is dead, but overall I don't enjoy past the buck style games. Um, And Jake, feel free to shoot us a message in the discord. But the reason I don't like games like this is because in the first game, the second round, Jake literally was just pass, 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 pass. And then we were all out. And then Jake just took everything at the end. I don't like that, like, at all. It feels like you are forced to police other players' moves instead of playing your own moves. And I don't I don't enjoy that. Uh, so, yeah. That on right, top of bidding, which I already don't... It's intentional game design. Yeah. It's like yeah. how in, um, in Root and Oath... Cole Worley is very big on saying, you know, well, I mean, he gave a speech, a seminar in defense of kingmaking. So he really does think that people should be policing other people in games. And this is definitely one like that. So Jake did yeah. pass, 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 but he got away with it because of how the three of us played. Yes. So it's more... And- what we yeah. did wrong than what he what he did right, I think. Not to tell Jake he didn't do a good job because it worked, but it was us 
bidding on stuff when we should have forced him to. Yeah, and I just think that combined with auctions, which I already don't love as is. I don't I don't like bidding I don't like bidding for turn order that much. I don't like bidding in general. And this is and Patrick, feel free to shoot me a message. This is why I don't This is why I put off playing Sidereal Confluence. Because I hear it's just straight up bidding. Am I wrong? That's what I've heard the entire game is. Is bidding. You mean trading? Is it trading? Have I been getting it wrong this entire time? It's trading. Oh, okay. Well, then let's play. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been literally like kind of sidestepping playing this game for so long because I thought it was just bidding. Um, I don't like bidding that much. So combining that with pass the buck, I just where I wasn't for me. The second game, I was bidding on what felt like the right things, so it kind of worked out better. But I still didn't like the pass the buck style, so it's not for me. But it was you know. It was a quick, very quick game. It was like, what, an hour each time, if that? Yeah. So that I don't mind. That was nice. Yep. Yeah, the thing... Oh, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say why <laughs> I like it. But you, if you have something on that note, then please. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, probably similar stuff to you, but not only does it play quickly, but if you play with people who have played before, a lot of the things can just be, you know, draw, draw, pass, pass, draw, pass, auction happens, pass, 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 okay, continue, which is nice. Um, but I don't love the game either. I think it's neat, and I would definitely play it any time, especially in person. It's just so fast, and it's kind of a neat, thinky filler. It is, I guess, filler plus, but anyway. I really appreciate the auction mechanic in this game with the tiles i think that's a really neat system now if it works for everyone that's a different story but i do think it's a neat system yep yep i think what you were saying earlier about the whole king making thing this since the game is wholly just like either you're gonna pull a tile out or if an auction's coming either you're gonna bid or not so you really only have like three different moves to make in the game there's not really a whole bunch of options but it's like fully dependent upon like the situation of the game and like it's and this is why i like tried thinking about it afterwards if i could like think about what i did wrong in the game or how i could do better and i still like don't fully understand the systems and i i kind of like that and I think that's part of part of it that you really only have three things to do, whereas in root, which I do enjoy, you can king make, but you still have enough to do on your own that it like I felt like I had enough options that it didn't feel like I was being forced to control another player. Whereas mm-hmm. in this game, I felt like I had I didn't have enough choice and I was like, oh, OK, well, I have to hope that Jonah or Nick does something so that Jake doesn't pass again or I have to do it, but I don't want to do it. And I don't like that. But in root, I was like, okay, but I have so many other options to do things. I don't need to hope somebody does this yet because maybe one of my eight options can affect something in maybe a less direct way, but still allow me to enjoy what I'm doing. And so, you know, like Jonah, like you said, it's an interesting system. I definitely, you know, 
think that it all ties together really nicely. It's just not my kind of system. So that's fine. Yeah, definitely. And it is really cool to have a game where you only do one or two things. Like you only have one or two options on your turn. So it really helps reduce the analysis paralysis. You know, it's hard to get bogged down on your turn when it's like, do you want to do this or that? You know, what else are you thinking about here? Uh, And I just want to bring up another game by Reiner Knizia, uh, one of his other 5 million games. Um, Nick, we had Greg on here a week or two ago, and he was saying that he recently discovered Battleline. Well, he said Shot and Totten, which is, you know, Battleline 2.0. And I was thinking how we've played that a time or two and how it's so easy and quick as well. Yeah. That is the opposite of Raw as far as, like, AP for me. Like, I, I can just remember... I, I was happy it's just a two-player game because I remember just sitting there staring at all the numbers like, what what number can I play in what position based yeah. on this information on the board? And uh, But yeah, also a great game with very few rules that just like such such crunchy decisions. Pretty good. I think I'd like to give it a shot now that I've heard a few things about it, so maybe one day. Yeah, you should. It's so quick and it's neat. Unless you stare at your cards for 20 minutes and then it's not quick or neat. <laughs> like Nick? No. Hey, not 20 minutes, but yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> and Jonah, any more games from this yeah, last so week? I have three that I want to talk about now. Uh, three of the remaining, however many. Uh, because I think it'll be... Two of them I know will be interesting to Ben. And one of them I know will be interesting to Patrick. So I know which I know one of the ones that you're going to talk about, but it would be interesting to me. First one is Gugong. I played Gugong two-player recently with a friend, and I realized that I might not love the game, so I think I'm going to sell it. I think it's neat. I think it's good at what it does. It's cool and quick, but you know I. I'd rather sell it, I think. So I'll try and sell it soon. I haven't tried the expansions yet. I probably should try the expansions, but I have the Gugong Deluxe whatever Kickstarter. So look, I bought the first Gugong Deluxe Kickstarter and sold it for a profit. So I'll try and do the same thing here or just sell it and get my money back. Yeah. The uh, expansion thing didn't add enough to it to... I haven't tried the expansions yet. Oh. Yeah, so. But it's okay. I don't know. I think there are just other games I would rather play for that amount of time. Time changes opinions. That's right. Uh, Next is Lost Ruins of Arnak. This was the one. This is a game that Ben has spoken about before, where you are deck building and worker placing. Yes. I thought it was okay. Uh, Nick, just like you, I went to a meetup. I was offered to play a game that I was pretty sure I would think was okay, but I was happy to play it because I'm always down to try new games, of course. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, It wasn't too interesting to me. The art was nice. The components were nice, but... Unfortunately, that does not make a good game for me. Did the 
because one of the big things I disliked, especially about Reavers of Midgard, that I think would be the same thing with Arnak, is just like, it says 30 to 120 minutes. Did it run closer to the 120 minutes for you? My god, this yeah, game took that's... almost three hours, and I was just oh. like, this is way overstaying its welcome for me. Yep, yep. For games of that like weight and lack of player interaction, I just don't think it like I can rationalize spending that much time on it. It it just yeah, I don't know. It it, it just doesn't do enough to warrant that much time. Even if it were only like two and a half hours, two hours, I would still think it's too much. The the thing is, you know, I have a lot of games that I really like that take between two and three hours. And then I have a few games that I really like that take more than three hours. So that is right now the most competitive time slot or uh, duration time slot, I guess I should say, for games. And yeah, something that is kind of interesting that takes two and a half hours, it is not interesting for me. This whole time discussion is interesting to me because our four-player game took one hour and 15 minutes. Wow. So it was... Wow. Unless I somehow started timing midway through, but I... I'm 99% sure I did not. Um, was my this person? question. Were there yes, new players? All three out of the four were new. Yeah. Well, same with us. Yeah. My, now my question for you, Jonah, and this is the discussion that Paul and I had when we talked about this, when he was on the podcast, did the person who did all the researchy stuff win the game? Do you um, recall? So while the answer to that is yes, this was also the person whose game it was who has played it before. So there were definitely other things that he did that worked well, but he had his magnifying glass and his book towards the top of that, whereas someone else also had their magnifying glass at the top and even bought a few of the point placards on top of that track, and they didn't win. And this person was taking turns for like five or ten minutes after we were all done with the game. And he still wasn't able to hmm. get enough points to win it. Yeah, because I know when we played the person whose game it was, although I'm not sure he'd played that often, so it didn't really seem to make much of a difference, maybe took five on-the-board actions the entire game. Mm-hmm. And the re- and that was mostly just to get supplies to move up the research track. And that person won by eight points. So... Uh, but they bought, I mean, literally their board actions were buying them enough stuff to buy every single point placard at the top. That's crazy. They did almost nothing on the board, which was my complaint about the game. It seemed like whoever pushed on the research track was going to win. And it's possible that maybe the person in your game knew like a better combination, which it sounds like they might have, but also they did seem to also push up the research track a lot. So I'm wondering if that kind of still holds true. So. Yeah, the the thing with the research track in that game is, you know, there are a lot of research tracks in board games, but the way this does it seems to encourage a runaway leader. So just like a lot of other board games, when you make it to a certain spot on the track, you get a reward. What's different in this is there's an additional award for all the spots for the first person to get there. And that reward is going to be very helpful to that person which will probably help them go up to the next one first and get that reward, etc., etc. So I think 
that could be why you'll see that issue in this game. But I've only played it once, so I can't really speak too much about it. Same. I just, I just was just curious if that happened in your game as well. So, mm-hmm. um, it's good to know. I would like to give it another shot and see if something similar occurs. Um, but I do kind of agree with you. I think that the components are great. The art is great. There are, and I think I said this last time, there are other games that play similarly that I would rather play. And I think I said that last time. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It seems I, like, uh, just kind of other medium weight Euro. Just, I don't know. It, it didn't really have anything that really stood out to me as like, Oh, this is like, has some new cool, different thing. And yeah, I, I think I've only like very briefly looked, looked into it. I'm not going to name names here, but I feel like a lot of midweight releases of the last two or three years have just been kind of uninspired and this really felt like one of them to me so yeah they it's almost like some designers have seen things that work and just bling it out a little bit and release a similar playing game yeah i mean the the product was excellent good pieces great art people like me will be suckered into it but Look, it's a business. Yep. Yeah. And I think, yeah, every game is worth a try. Like, you, you never know. Like, Agricola, I don't feel like I would, if I played it for the first time now, I might not like it as much. But for whatever reason, I still enjoy it. And it's kind of like a midweight resource to VP yeah. conversion thing. Sidereal so. Confluence is not a bidding game. So maybe I'll <laughs> like it now. Who would have known? <laughs> I, not me. All right, I have two more, actually, because I forgot about one of them. Uh, And the reason I want to talk about that one is because it is a game that I think Nick would really like. That's right. But before I get to that one, I would like to talk about Import-Export. I played Import-Export in person recently, and this is a game by the famous... (laughs) Nick's already saying it. Jordan Draper. Oh. Of Tokyo Metro. <laughs> Tokyo Highway. Uh, not Tokyo no. Highway, exactly. Um, of Tokyo Metro and oh, Tokyo right. Jihon Dabaki. And anyway. <laughs> I actually listened to the past two podcasts. <laughs> I get the joke. Hearing the word, hearing the word actually <laughs> thrown in there really disappoints me. Actually. He's, he's our hero. Anyway, so import-export, I thought, was a very interesting game. You have boats out in the ocean with some cargo, and you have a boat yourself, and you have crew members and goods and contracts. And when you complete a contract, you get a special power from a card, and the crew members can give you a discount on something, and the goods are worth endgame victory points. I was thoroughly confused for about 75 to 80% of this game. And the final scores were 33, 34, 37, 50, and 62. I had 62. 62. (laughs) Classic case of stumbling into a win. Yeah, so 
money was victory points and when you complete these contracts if you have two um shipping containers in your boat you get six dollars if you have three or four you get ten dollars and if you have five or six you get fourteen dollars so i completed a contract that got me fourteen dollars and whenever someone has forty dollars the game just ends so this brought me up to that and completing this contract also said every other player gives you two dollars so it was very strong uh, i thought import export was actually really neat it started to gel in my brain towards the end and the uh i definitely think it's fiddly which is interesting because a person i played it with said he thought it was clean and that tokyo metro which we had played last week was very fiddly the opposite of what i think but opinions are fun uh yeah so i want to give it a go again especially now that i understand it this isn't just a I have a better feel for the game. I want to see if I can do better. It's an I actually understand what is going on in this game. I want to play it knowing how to play it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, from what I looked into it, like a mixture of Container and Glory to Rome or something along those lines. Those games were both mentioned while we played it. So, apt. Uh, but I have not played either one of them, so... And better than Tsukiji Market for you. Yeah, I really didn't like that game. So there was just something about how that market system worked with the buying of fish and when, I think it was the the time aspect of it and how you had to... Turn order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a year ago now. So anyway, import-export, really neat. Definitely recommend giving it a go. Um, I was taught that game and it is a bear to teach because so many of the cards well all the cards have a bunch of information on them but you pay attention to some information if the card is here other information if the card is there other information if the card is in this third place and absolutely none of that information if it is in a different location and not knowing which parts to pay attention to definitely made it tough for me so, you know, when when we were being taught the game, the guy's like, okay, so see all these cards? This is just green. Don't read the name of it. Don't read this power. Don't read that. It's just a green card, and it can be a green shipping container. And I was like, okay, but when when do I pay attention to all of that? <laughs> so it was tricky, but I thought it was neat. And then cool. the last game that I'm going to talk about a game that I think Nick would enjoy. I'm I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. A game called Kalimala. Oh, yeah, I heard of that one. (laughs) Kalimala. I love the reaction. This is a game that came out three years ago that looks like it came out 15 years ago. Which is why Nick Perfect. is going to like it. <laughs> Already digging it. <laughs> I was going to ask cubes. what it was called Beige the Game, but that felt really mean to Nick. So. Tons of cubes. Tons of spots for the cubes. Um, so Kalimala is this very interesting game of kind of area control action selection with bonus actions for people as well. 
So at the start of the game, there is a map and there are some buildings to put things in and there is a grid for action selection. And it is a three by three grid with space between each item in that grid, if that makes sense. So if you have a three by three grid, if you look at the top row, so items one, two, and three, there is an action spot between one and two and an action spot between two and three. And then if we just do one, two, three, the next row, four, five, six, the next row, seven, eight, nine, just think like a calculator or a telephone. Then between two and five, there is another action spot between five and eight, etc. Uh, so what's interesting about this is you place your disc, everyone starts with eight of their own color discs and two white discs. You place a disc in a spot and you get to take the two actions next to it. And if you ever can't take one of those actions, you get to draw a card. And those cards are basically the same as the actions. It just lets you do maybe a different action at a later point. So there's that. Uh, what's interesting is when someone else picks the same spot, they do the action and then everyone below them on that pile does the action as well. When a stack becomes four discs high, the bottom disc does not get to do that action. But what happens instead is after those top three do the action, or actions I should say, in descending order, that fourth disc goes onto a scoring tile on the top left. There are three rows of scoring tiles, and each one scores something differently in the game. So when a stack becomes four high, the bottom one goes up and over, and a scoring happens immediately for that thing. You know, scoring could be how many cloth cubes do you have in Bruges? Scoring could be how many places have you delivered to with a cart? Just a bunch of random stuff like that. So I was doing absolutely horribly at this game the entire time. I lost by a lot, but there was something really neat in it. And I think that, Nick, you would quite enjoy trying it. There's interesting area majority. There's interesting scoring and timing. And there's interesting... Uh, bonus actions for other people. Of course, you could go on top of your own disc as well and get to do those actions more than twice. And then the thing I didn't mention is the white disc, when you place it, it gets to do each action twice as well. So you have two special double action discs that you can use. Yeah. Seems like a simple but thinky kind of deal. Which it is... gave me strong Hansa Teutonica uh -huh. vibes. Yeah, yeah. It it looked it looked like the game was basically the action selection mechanism, which was kind of what like not it it wasn't like a big hit when I saw it, but yeah, the it looked like it was mainly the action selection part that was most of it. But yeah, it looked pretty interesting. Yeah, it was cool. When they were talking about uh, playing it, I thought we were talking about a different game that I had played already. And I didn't care that it was something else, but I had played a game called Kerala, The Way of the Elephant. And the whole time that they were talking about bringing out Kalimala, I was like, oh yeah, sure. 
then they brought it out, and I was like, oh, that's a different game. So, no elephants in Kalimala. That's the, uh, you didn't get to that part. That's the expansion. It's in the legacy box at the bottom. Uh, yeah, John gets games. I watched his review of it, and he said he liked it, but his friends didn't enjoy it as much, which sounds like the kind of games that I'm finding myself liking more. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just got to find the right group. Right. Uh, yeah, I've I've been posing my... Uh, I've brought the same three games to the past two meetups and haven't been able to play them yet because no one's shown much interest. What have you been uh, bringing? Tic-Tac-Toe, Hangman, and uh, Monopoly? Uh, categories. It's it's a classic. It's old. You might not have heard of it. categories uh, Taboo, and Boggle. No, I've I've brought uh, I brought a three, four, and five player best player count games, and they are uh, Samurai, Reiner Knizia, Hit. Taj that's three. Mahal. No, that's three. There's <laughs> Samurai, Reiner Knizia. And uh, Taj Mahal, which is... So Samurai good at three, Taj Mahal good at four, and Hansa Teutonica good at five. Four or five, but I haven't played it at... Or did we play it at five the one time we all played it online? I don't know if you remember, Jonah. No. Okay. Anyways, but uh, yeah. It was with the groups of people who were more interested in the Reavers of Midgard Search for Planet X type games, so I guess our tastes don't necessarily overlap uh, too right. much. So I had an option to play. Didn't overlap that day. Yeah. Ooh. Who knows? There's because hope. I don't know if our tastes overlap on every day, but I'll still play games that you want to play. We both liked uh, whatever that one hidden role game was with the nice board and going to hell or whatever that thing was. Oh, Veiled Fate? Veiled Fate. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. There has been an update. It's getting closer. It's It looks really good. Oh, it. So. yeah. When did... Yeah, I guess that Here, Kickstarter would have happened. Let me pull it up because now that we're on, uh, now that we're on some Kickstarters... Don't get stuff, them started, can, Nick. Well, no, I could talk about... Uh, not that it has changed because i haven't played it yet um but i finally got my copy of uh necromolds in from the kickstarter um necromolds is that game where you are literally using like play-doh to mold miniature miniature monsters to fight like in a war game skirmish style um and it like everything looks so good and it's Um, edible too well technically it is non-toxic it's essentially play-doh um they do actually have like stickers on the box or whatever that have to say like, oh, non-toxic because there are like edible like pieces, but uh, don't eat them. Not like they're not actually edible. I'm just saying it's like it's Play-Doh. So if you like give it to a kid. Right. It's, it's not like, like a glue is edible, piece. but don't do yeah. it. <laughs> if you're um, having a weak moment and you really wanted to. Yeah. But uh, no, Veiled Fate, it, they they have a timeline update. Um, it, it has been delayed a little bit to like mid November as always, but they have finished their miniature production. Um, they've shown the next game that they're coming out with, which is something that all these creators do now. They finished the insert. They've shown some metal miniatures, so it looks really, really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that in. So, yeah. 
I've got a Kickstarter coming in on Tuesday. What? Whoa, Most efficient uh, Tinner's Trail. Uh, one I played with people on the TTS Discord. And you uh, ended up liking the game. Yeah. Even yeah. playing with TTS Club members. Mm-hmm. It has... Uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of like a weird light medium euro with some auctioning and minor like area controly elements that is the elements individually are like not super interesting and there's like some randomness in it but for whatever reason i just really liked it quirky but Sweet. uh yeah apparently it's like one of the <laughs> the best like uh prediction to actual shipping time kickstarters that people have seen at least from what i've seen in the comments uh, of the kickstarter because it was like everything well, when was the estimate uh yeah basically now they they said they yeah, were then... planning on shipping like september at the latest and then that's it, pretty good i think it was about a year total so it was uh, yeah. a good surprise Another game that maybe I can get other people to play, but is one prob- day. Yeah, it's not Cube Rails, is it? No, nope. Forget what it was. Is it yeah. Tinner's Trail 2008 or Tinner's Trail 2021? I'll let you. <laughs> Let's take a guess. Wow, Martin Wallace. Yeah. yeah. My only love. My only other backing at the moment is the uh, the Avatar: The Last Airbender role playing game. Ooh. Uh, which has over five million dollars of yeah, funding at, right at, now it's at five million seven hundred fifty five thousand dollars right now uh which is outrageous but i'm not surprised avatar a lot of cabbages is, Ava, avatar is what it is i mean you know it's so good the greatest movie I, ever i imagine a lot oh, of people God. buying there's that. no avatar movie <laughs> <laughs> there's no um, avatar the last airbender movie it doesn't exist yet yeah. maybe in the future Maybe. But I imagine a bunch of people who have never played like a tabletop a role playing game, game yeah, 100%. and are buying it and are probably never going to play it because they yep. can't gather a group or they don't know what tabletop yep. role playing is like. I mean, so. I'll be 100% honest. I don't even know what the system behind the game is. I have not even remotely looked into how the system works. But if it can be even remotely cross compatible with D&D and I can like come up with classes based off like how they have modeled their classes good enough for me um but yeah i haven't even looked into how they actually play i just hit back and that yeah that's it sure that's how i usually do things <laughs> yeah we're back to i have a job now we're back to my old way <laughs> <laughs> that's right you, you can read as many reviews and you know guides or rule books as you want reviews until it comes out it mean nothing because it's literally just people being paid to say oh it's really good so uh one non-kickstarter but purchase thing that i have to tell you guys about please this is huge boggle (laughs) big edition deck of cards (laughs) uh i got and i already told jonah but i got oh yeah i even posted it in the discord (laughs) i just was so (laughs) stoked for no i mean I guess for a good reason. He was, was on excited. missed connections on Craigslist on a <laughs> oh, Friday night. This, yes. I got a copy of Samurai and El Grande, which are both like out of print at the moment and have been for like at least a couple years, maybe more, and are going for like 
60-ish at least bucks on the secondhand market. And uh, I was able to get it, get them off Craigslist for $20 total. And I even told the guy that they were worth a lot more. And he was like, yeah, I'm just trying to get rid of them. I didn't even know people were still playing these. And I was like, yeah, these are the best. Dude. I'm your guy. <laughs> dude. <laughs> What's that other beige box you have back there, sir? <laughs> oh, that's a shoe box? I'll take it. <laughs> Um, did you guys see on the board game subreddit, I think yesterday or today, that someone picked up a copy of Battlestar Galactica, the core game, at a thrift shop in Boston for $3? Oh, that's a sweet nab. That's a good And find. someone someone was like, I will pay you 10 times what you paid for that right now. And someone's like, that's still like half the price of what it was at retail when it was still being printed. That makes no sense. But yeah, someone got real lucky. I, on the other hand, sold games. It's a thing I did. Yeah. I sold... Let me actually pull it up so I remember exactly what I sold. You Uh, have so many games that you can't remember what you sold. Well, I told you that I was picking up uh, Tsukuyumi from our friend Chris, um, my copy, and I was planning on listing it immediately. Um, It did sell almost immediately. So uh, I sold Tsukuyumi Full Moon Down uh, without even playing it. It's still wrapped up. It was had to be shipped in two boxes because that's how it was shipped to me. So I needed to buy two labels for it. Was it because uh, of the stole... backwards N? Yes, that's why. Um, I sold a copy of Trick Shot, which everybody who's listened for the last year knows I love this game. But I had two copies, one for Florida because my brother liked the game a lot, and I thought my dad would as well. He hasn't played it yet. And one here in New Jersey. With the house sale in Florida taking place, I figured I would sell my second copy. So I have sold the unpainted copy of Trickshot, as well as a Trickshot playmat, because I had two of those as well. So I sold both of those. Um, I sold Rap Gods. Um, I did enjoy Rap Gods. It just felt a little too... Uh, light for what it was it was literally like there weren't many things to do um so i sold it uh, i sold dune which i some i don't know about you guys i i sometimes feel bad selling games that were given to me in a secret santa format but i mean i'm never gonna find people to play dune so i sold dune um i sold bullet heart um the game really that greg and i yeah i did is it because um, i thought it was trash no honestly i it just i thought it was gonna be like one of those games that i could sit down and just like play solo and like enjoy it It really like nothing about it was all that exciting to me it was just like scramble to pull these tokens out of a bag and figure something out so have you played that Uh -uh. it's a real time it's too it's too colorful for you um (laughs) Uh... no i'm kidding um and then i sold well (laughs) This annoyed me. Some guy was talking to me for a full week about buying Mercado de Lisboa for me. Um, gave me his address, like his info. I gave him my PayPal. And on Tuesday, I gave him my PayPal. And then on Friday, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to mark this as available again. Um, but thanks for looking. Uh, so that's still available. And then I sold the trial by trolley, um, which is Never just like heard a of party. It's just a party game by the... Um, Oh God! The same guys who do, the cyanide and oh, happiness cyanide guys, and I believe. Happiness. Oh. And you're basic. It's that like trolley murder, like 
conundrum like do you direct a trolley to murder certain people uh and you're basically just like trying to make the other team's person look bad enough to murder while they're trying to do the same thing to your person who's on the tracks but like i'm not playing any party games like that anytime soon and i have would rather play other party games than that so yeah i sold a good number of games i still have a Machina Arcana second edition for sale, which I was so close to selling because I have the newer edition coming in soon and it wasn't worth buying the upgrade pack. So I just got like the full new one. So I'm trying to sell the old one. Um, and then I'm still trying to sell Mercado de los Boat. Those are the two that I still have up. But yeah, I sold a, sold a good amount. I mean, for me, that's a good amount. So yeah. That's great. Yep. Mercado de los Boa. Yeah, I haven't played it, but I would still like to. But maybe now that someone hasn't bought it, I can actually play it and then decide. I was very close, semi-relatedly, to playing Age of Steam in person the other day. Yeah? Yeah. But the dice chose something else. We all pick a game, put a pip value on it, and then roll to see what we get played. That's, That's a good system. Isn't yeah, it? I actually do kind of like it. <laughs> well, it would work for me because <laughs> then I could did, force people to play my games. <laughs> did, did, you, did you guys see Chip Theory Games came out with that game, Game to Pick a Game, like oh, a no. year ago? You Thank you literally goodness. play a game to pick a game. That's it's like bad. a 30 minute game to pick other games or something like that. It's actually kind of nuts. Uh, let me look it up to I, Game to Pick a Game. I found the. Uh, there's a website or browser-based app where you can like put in games and like people can rank the games and then it'll. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a five-minute game. Ignore me. Oh, I'm an idiot. It it just yeah. seems, it seems like any system too complicated to pick a game just isn't gonna. I mean, I like the system that Jonah's brought up now. Right, right, like right. It. But anything more than that, where it's just like, yeah, it's got to be quick. Mm-hmm. I feel like for people to. What's... What's great about this system is that multiple people can each put a die on the same game. So like when we rolled the other day, this one had a three and a four. That one had the one. One had a five. Then you just roll. Easy. All right. That just about does it here for this episode of Jonah and Ben Play Board Games with Friends. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You're always welcome back. And uh, let's play more games online because you live too far away. Jonah, same to you because you live too far away. Yeah, let me know. I'm free when you are. We'll play Samurai. Great with three players. Boom. (laughs) Already decided. Okay. I need to roll for it. Yeah, you wanted to play it? Let's do it. So next time we have Nick on, we'll talk about Samurai. Uh, But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Louisa for the great music throughout. And we'll talk to you next week.